Welcome back to another episode of the Major Journey Podcast. This week, we have an incredibly inspiring guest who, while working as a pediatric nurse in October 2016, suffered from a traumatic brain injury and whiplash injury to her neck. Now, due to this, she's been unable to work as a nurse ever since, and the injury came with debilitating symptoms that included cognitive issues, chronic headaches, and severe neck pain. However, cannabis helped alleviate some of that pain, bringing it from a seven out of 10 daily pain down to a more tolerable two and three. Today's special guest is here and ready to let everybody know the power of the plant and how important it is for us to really speed up the process of giving everybody quality and safe access to the healing properties of the cannabis plant. Without further ado, Nikki Lawley, welcome to the show. It's an honor to have you. Thanks so much, Mike. I'm really happy to be here. Appreciate you sharing the message of cannabis as medicine. I've listened to several of your podcasts and you've really had some great people on it. Nikki, thank you so much. And I'm, I'm super excited to have you added to that roster now moving forward. Awesome sauce. Awesome. So Nikki, your story of, of how you became involved in the cannabis community is very powerful and it holds a lot of weight. Um, you were working as a pediatric nurse when you suffered a traumatic brain injury and whiplash injury to your neck. For those who aren't familiar with your story, could you share with us kind of what happened and what led you to becoming a passionate advocate for the healing powers of, of cannabis? Absolutely. Um, I was hurt while working uh, as a nurse, as you stated. A child did not want a vaccine, a routine immunization that uh, every 10-year-old kind of has to have. And as a result, my coworker was attempting to immunize the child and uh, needed help. So I went running in and tried to help like any other day. It was just normal day at the rodeo um, <laughs> with lots of kids, <laughs> lots of shots, back to school, just kind of normal. Um, right. And this particular child was really combative, um, did not want this needle under any circumstance. And basically I was behind the father and the child and he tucked his chin with all of his might and said, no, I'm not having this and headbutted me in the forehead. I then bounced off a plaster wall and back into his head in less than a second. And my life forever changed that day. Um, it was not something I planned on. It was not you know, and adrenaline was kicking in at that moment. And mm -hmm. the uh, doctor from the next room came running in saying, what was that? And it was, oh, that was Nikki's head. Whoops. So uh, <laughs> I was pretty much dazed, confused, but angry. And, uh, you know, he helped give the child the shot. Finally, it all went down. And I went to dinner and seemed fine, but angry. And I couldn't feel my left arm. Mm -hmm. um, and immediately knew something was off. And I don't even remember pretty much after that until I remember going to the urgent care. The doctor said, you definitely have a concussion. The doctors I was working with. And mm -hmm. I just, again, expected to be back to work in two or three days. I didn't expect to have a whole lifetime of career gone in one second. Um, so the quest for a diagnosis was a huge challenge. And 
I was on every pharmaceutical I think that's ever been tried for TBI. Um, over 50 pharmaceuticals were tried. I saw over 50 medical providers spent thousands of dollars out of pocket trying to get a diagnosis because even though I was a colleague, it, you know, just months earlier, I now was considered sort of a crazy patient. Um, and it was really, really hard to accept that this was a new way of life and this was my new normal. Um, but I really tried the conventional medicine. I did what I was told. I obeyed the doctors and little did I think that there was any hope. And I found cannabis literally at the last straw. Um, my husband doing everything he could to try and cheer me up, uh, put me on a plane to Las Vegas with him. And we went to Vegas and I was absolutely miserable, but tried to do something so that I was, you know, feeling better. And, uh, a long story short, a billboard came cruising by as I was contemplating, um, suicide on the balcony of the Cosmopolitan hotel, uh, that said, get your cannabis card here right now <laughs> in Nevada. And I was wow. sort of like, cannabis card, what's that? Absolutely, I knew what cannabis was. I knew it as weed, I knew it as pot, I knew it as herb, right. but right. <laughs> it was something my friends did. I did on a recreational, like having a glass of wine basis. It wasn't something that I ever even dreamed of as medicine, especially not for kids, especially not for a head injury. I mean, you just start mm -hmm. messing with your head. Why would you think weed is going to help you? So <laughs> when I saw this, I kind of just casually mentioned it to my husband and he was, he's wicked conservative. So just hearing, let's go get your pot card. And he absolutely jumped on it. He was like, absolutely, let's go try it. And I was like, Wow. Really? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And uh, oh, long story short, again, we got the card. I went into a dispensary. And that day I went from being the most hopeless human in the most dark of dark places to having hope. I went to a dispensary and they gave me what's known to most as like a heavy indica dominant um cannabis flower. They gave me tinctures. They gave me vapes. They gave me, I spent an insane amount of money that day. But at this <laughs> point I was willing to try anything because there was no hope in me. I was, it was a really right. positive transformation that day because I went from absolute solid despair, 24 seven crying, no hope to all right, well, let's learn a little bit about this. <laughs> and I, I don't know, it was just totally transforming. So from that day forward, um, my life forever changed because of the plant. That's, that's amazing. Um, and it's so, it's so interesting how moments like that can really just align. And all of a sudden you just need that one thing to really make that light bulb go off in your head and say, wait, there's, there's something else out there. There's gotta be another way. There's gotta be. And like you said, you were familiar with it, right? This wasn't like a foreign no. thing to you. You, you, you knew weed, pot, marijuana, whatever. Right. And it's, it, it's so interesting how sometimes the answer to what we're looking for is right under our nose. It's, it's incredible. Um, 
And Nikki, you said something really interesting to me before we even got on the show. And I, I thought a lot of people would find this interesting. And this is something that a lot of folks kind of debate going back and forth. Um, a lot of people claim that smoking cannabis is not medicinal because of the combustion and the whole concept of, you know, putting anything in, inside of your lungs like smoke is really technically not good. But when you and I spoke earlier, you made a really interesting point about why you choose to smoke cannabis versus using other delivery methods. So I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that feel the same exact way. Um, could you just share your perspective on that? And your because you have really good intel on that and a really good understanding. And when you, when you told me about this, I, I my eyes kind of lit up and I was like, wow, I had no idea. So I'm sure a lot of listeners have, you know, w- would love to know a little bit more about that as well. Sure. Um, well, Mike, basically, I have kind of a unique um, body chemistry. I don't metabolize fat soluble things quite well. Um, I had weight loss surgery and I lack a gallbladder. So I was trying all these different tinctures, pills, um, anything that would go through first pass digestion never worked. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't understanding at all. I could eat 500 milligrams of a, say, boulder bar from Colorado and feel nothing. Um, I ate two of those 500 milligram boulder bars and felt absolutely nothing. And these are like brand names. These aren't like, you know, Bobby making it in his basement. I mean, (laughs) these are tested products and reputable products. And the exact same thing happened in Canada. And that's where I really got my understanding of cannabis was out of Canada. I live in Buffalo, New York. So I'm 15 minutes approximately from the Canadian border and cannabis went legal in October of 2018. And I became a cannabis patient really in 17. So I was learning all about cannabis from the medical side in Canada and I was smoking it because what I found quickly was, first of all, it, the delivery symptoms and methods were instantaneous almost. I mean, I could tell you within 10 minutes if this was going to be my cannabis or not. And I really genuinely believe it's about the terpenes and the entourage effect and the fact that it hits so fast but that it also leaves so fast. So if it's a negative strain for me, for instance, or a negative cultivar, it's truly out of my system within two hours. If you're having a bad experience on an edible or a tincture, that's in your system for up to six to eight hours, sometimes crazy people longer. It just depends on your own individual makeup. And while there are risks to smoking with carcinogens and with, you know, the combustion properties, I feel the, the quality of life benefits far outweigh any negative related to smoking of the plant. And it truly helps my cognitive ability. If I'm not medicated, I can't find words. If I'm not medicated, I can't complete tasks at all. So without this plant, I'm just not the same human. And if you had seen the Nikki before cannabis as medicine, you just wouldn't believe who I am now. I mean, I am passionate about this plant and I genuinely believe I'm making a bigger difference now as a cannabis patient and advocate than I ever did as a nurse because so many people are empowered that this plant gave me hope when I had none. And this was 
anxiety, depression, cognitive difficulties, balance issues. I mean, I had an onset of mass symptoms from traumatic brain injury. So I hope that helps clarify why I believe smoking for some. And again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not, you know, suggesting that everybody should just go light a joint and just wing it. But I've discovered certain terpenes and certain um, minor cannabinoids really make a huge difference for me. Yeah. And that's, that's another thing that that's, I think, been surfacing a lot more um, as far as terpenes and, and other cannabinoids versus just looking at, oh, this strain has, you know, 24% THC, 30% or stuff like that. Right. And, and your, your, your story and, and your experiences really lay that out beautifully because I came across an interview that you did with Mike Robinson for Mike's Medicines. And you touched on on what a journey it was to actually find the right strain that was almost like people say, you know, what's the key? But I really think when it comes to cannabis, it's almost like a combination. You need the right strain. You need the right terpenes. You need the right, you know, different ratios. And so um, it just seems to me like there's so much more to cannabis than indica and sativa. And it's really those those ratios and the terpenes that we just talked about that really play a pivotal role in whether or not you're going to find success in one strain versus another. Um, in your experiences of going to Canada and you know traveling to different states and experiencing what the dispensaries were like with different bud tenders, do you feel like on average, most bud tenders have a solid understanding of each strain's terpene profile, different cannabinoid profiles to really help medical patients, because there's a big difference between adult use and medical. So what's your take on that? Because I, I think we're heading towards a time where there's going to be a greater clinical approach to medical cannabis. But again, I don't want to put myself down a rabbit hole. I I want to give you the opportunity to, to kind of shed some light on that. Sure. Um, it's very varied between states, between stores, between markets. And markets that are strictly medical are completely different than a rec medical market. Nevada, for instance. Nevada, mm -hmm. I know quite a bit about because I've traveled several times to there since my injury. And since discovering the plant, because, you know, once, mm -hmm. once I went once and then discovered I couldn't have the same thing in New York, I mean, I wanted to go back again. Um, and <laughs> so Nevada, for instance, Planet 13 is one of their largest, coolest, most neat places to visit. The bud tenders there were knowledgeable but more on THC. Like it was all about the THC. This will get you high. This will get you high. And I'm a 50 year old woman not looking to get high. So, and again, this isn't picking on planet 13 in any way, shape or form, because it is by far the coolest place you will ever go to buy your cannabis. <laughs> but, Some people call it like the Apple store of, of cannabis Oh, it's dispensers. so amazing. Um, They're yeah. doing an amazing job on all levels, but for a medical patient going into Planet 13, it's a completely different experience than going to say, I'm just going to pull another one out of there, um, the Apothecarium. Mm -hmm. The Apothecarium, they are more medical-based, yet they still have bud tenders. And, and I mean, I've been to the Apothecarium like five different times, and same as Planet 13. And each time it's a different experience. So to just kind of 
put them all in one basket and say, are blood, blood tenders all versed in it and all knowledgeable? No, they aren't, but they try, you know, and, and I guess a pharmacist or a nurse or someone who really understands terpenes and the plant in my personal opinion <laughs> and even if they don't have a degree but they really 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 understand the science of the plant I think every dispensary really should invest in someone like that because I think it's so not about just THC and CBD there's so many more things to this plant and there's so much more work that needs to be done and in my experience isolated compounds are nowhere near as effective as having a whole plant, THC, CBD, CBN, CBG, having the whole mix in the whole entourage. Um, I have a super allergic system. So one thing I've learned is certain terpenes I'm allergic to. And I am still in that process of really nailing down which ones those are. But living in a un regulated market for flour, such as New York State, one is completely reliant on a quote strain name that really you have absolutely no idea if even that's really the strain name. So by trying to figure out if that terpene that's in that strain name in the book is what I'm allergic to, it's it's really unfair. So I really feel in the adult use and the medical markets, having terpenes listed with their percentages is such an important thing. And labeling is such an important thing. And I think these things are so overlooked. And I don't, like, okay, I'm Leafly, for instance. I don't understand why we've gone backwards. I don't want to know it's citrusy. I want to know it's limine. <laughs> I don't want to know it's hops. I want to know it's mercine. You know, I want to understand what you're saying because what you call citrusy maybe isn't what I call citrusy. What you call hoppy right. might not be what someone else calls hoppy. So I think it's really important to get away from strain names and really look at what is in the whole plant. And it should be based on cultivar and, you know, Blueberry Kush from Shango is going to be different than from uh, Fresco, than from whoever. Yes. Um, there's so many different names. You just get them all kind of conglomerated. But a strain name really means nothing <laughs> in my personal experience. Yep. No. Nikki, where do you see like the entire cannabis community, specifically more on the medical side of things, where do you see it kind of in the next year or two? Do you think we'll we'll be able to, do you think we'll see a huge advancement in kind of how we approach things from a more clinical level? Or do you think we still have a little bit of a ways to go before we really start to fine tune those, those loose ends or, or, you know, bring them together, kind of like you described? I think there is a lot to be learned. Um, what I'm seeing is as we go more rec, the medical patients kind of get swallowed up because there is much more money in rec with taxes, with fees, with all the different things. And so right. medical patients are still going to rec stores because they're losing that medical access to those medical only dispensaries or those medical focused dispensaries. And so I really 
wish <laughs> that the medical would be stepped up a little bit more and really offer medical reciprocity. A medical patient in, in New York State should be able to go to Pennsylvania, should be able to go to Ohio, should be able to have access to medicine. I can't, pre-COVID, I never wanted to go on vacation unless I knew I could get my medicine. And that mm -hmm. is a really self-limitating, you know, limit of where you can kind of go. So um, I really hope the industry stays medical and I hope insurance companies begin to start reimbursing for cannabis. Um, I was on New York State Workers' Comp when I was injured and I did get my medical cannabis paid for after three long appeals and fighting and, you know, justifying that I could not take some of these pharmaceuticals because they were almost killing me. And um, it should just become more accepted. Um, I really, really hope with the new administration that things will move forward instead of move backward. And I hope we can focus on cannabis descheduling, rescheduling. Again, there's pluses and minuses on each side and I'm sort of in the middle, just it needs to be better. <laughs> Whatever we do, we need to step up our game because places like Canada, Canada is so much further than the US. I'm not saying they do everything right. I'm not saying they're perfect in any way, shape or form, but they get it. You know, they understand that medical is kind of going by the wayside and you see a lot of um, contract research organizations more focusing on the plant and getting funding and studies so that we can validate this plant as medicine. And I am a true testament of this plant and I can't say it loud enough for the naysayers. Um, cannabis is my medicine and cannabis saved my life. Yeah, I'm, I'm, spe I'm speechless, honestly. Um, I mean, Nikki, you've got an incredible story and just the, that, that fire that you bring to the table really just, it speaks volumes for, for everybody, for, for yourself, for your story and for everybody going, going on similar journeys. So um, I just wanna take a moment to, to thank you so much for taking time out of your day and to, to come on here and shed some light on your journey and your experiences. And I'm sure this is going to, you know, make an impact and, and make a difference in somebody's life in some way, shape or form. So thank you. Thank you for coming on the show today, Nikki. You're so welcome, Mike. Awesome. And Nikki, um, you've got an incredible presence on LinkedIn. Um, but I just wanted to, to let everybody know if anybody out there wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach out? Sure. Um, I have Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, Nikki, N-I-K-K-I, Lolly, L-A-W-L-E-Y, uh, is how you spell my name. And then we have Nikki and the plant.org again, N-I-K-K-I and the plant.org. And, uh, my email is always available. Nikki Lolly one at gmail.com. Perfect. Nikki, thank you so much. That is it for this week's episode. We will see you on the next time. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. How do cannabis CEOs balance growth and optimization strategies? What is THCO, Delta 10, and CBNA, and why should you care about these minor cannabinoids? And why is an endocannabinoid system covered in medical school? 
Most people think they're up to date in trends in the cannabis industry, but they're about six weeks behind. Learn about what is truly next in the cannabis space by joining myself, Brian Fields, and Kellen Finney every week on the Dime Podcast and, of course, on PodConnects.